Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. I love this series. I'm just going to tell you, okay? I do. And, and one of the reasons why I think I, I'm enjoying this even more is that, you know, Jeff and I share time with, with the messages, and, and we write them together, and with, with Phil as well, and, and Jonathan, and, and so it's kind of a staff affair as we get to do this, but this is now being able to do it three weeks in a row, you really get a rhythm, in, in a series, and that's the way I feel about this Boundaries series, and another reason why I do is because I have gotten more phone calls and emails about this message series than I have every other series I've ever preached. I mean, there are people, the, the impact of, that this is having on people who, who are living their lives with, with either no boundaries or that their boundaries are just so messed up that, that people walk all over them, or they're, they're, they're living their lives trying to please other people, and they're unhappy, and they feel like people walk over them, that it's amazing how many people have issues with boundaries. And what I've realized as I've gone through it, so do I. I think we all do to one extent or another. As we look to draw lines in our life, that, that, that lines that, that keep us safe, Sometimes the lines that keep us separate or give us a little, yeah, give us a little bit of space. And then also as we look at these boundaries, boundaries, remember, like a road, allow us to move forward because they keep us from going side to side and they help us kind of keep an eye on the prize. So what we're going to be looking at today as we we begin to develop these boundaries is to understand that when you try to do this in your life, people are going to push back against you. They are not going to like it. They are not going to like it when you tell them no. They are not going to like it when you say, you know what, I was thinking differently, or I had something else in mind. And what what comes as a result of these, and we're going to look at them today, are boundary myths. And and so they're going to tell you bad things, or, or they're going to push back against your boundaries and say, you know, they're dumb, they're stupid, and this is why you don't want to do it. And, and it's important for us to look at these uh, arguments and, and make sure we have clarity in our own minds. Now, one way to help you understand this, again, remember, there are a number of different kind of boundaries we live with. Some of them are walls, literal walls, like the walls, the fence around my house. It's cinder block, and then in the back, it's a view fence, so I can see into the park uh, and, and that's still my area, right? And there's boundaries there, and, and I don't want people coming across the fence, right? And I don't, I'm not going to go over the fence into my neighbor's yard either because I don't want to um, go into their space. Except, this was when we lived at our previous house, which also had cinder block walls and a view fence, my wife was outside, she's reading a book, and, and I was working inside, and she said, Dan, would you come out here once? I, I hear something. And I walked out, I don't hear anything. Walked back inside, and she's like, come on, really, I mean it. I hear something out there. And so I, I went back outside, I don't hear anything, I don't hear anything. 
And all of a sudden we heard, help, help. And it was a very faint voice. I was like, oh my goodness, there is, there's someone calling for help. Well, I was there, my wife was there, and at that time, her, her brother was at our house as well. He's about 23 years old. And if you know him, his name's Seth, some of you do. Crazy man. Uh, no boundaries. And <laughs> so Seth immediately flies over the view fence, right? He's now in the green space, listening, kitty corner from our where we live, he jumps over another fence into another person's yard, crossing boundaries, where a woman, who was, I'm guessing, in her 80s, decided that she was sick of waiting for the people who were going to come and pull her weeds. So she went outside, and she was going to pull some weeds, and she fell, and she couldn't get up. And it, it was probably a day that the temperature would have been 110. I mean, it was, it was hot. And as we got there, she's like, I don't know what I would have done. I've been out here for 40 minutes. And, and I've been yelling for help, but it was in the, getting towards the middle of the day and no one's walking by. No neighbors could hear her. Okay. Boundaries, Right? When we have boundaries in our lives, here's a myth. A myth is that you can never cross the boundaries. That, that we didn't go up to the fence and say, sorry, I have a boundary here. Ma'am, I hear you're calling, and I know you're in trouble, but I'm, uh, I can't cross this boundary, and I'm definitely not going to cross your boundary. And so I'm not going to do anything, right? No, absolutely. That, that we say, no, you fly across those boundaries in order to give someone help. And so then what I did the next day was I got a torch and I cut off the railing of the view fence in my yard and hers. Okay, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> because we still, it doesn't mean we're going to destroy the boundaries. It doesn't mean those boundaries don't exist. It just means that there are times when, when, when we use boundaries that we respect them, but then there's a time to jump over them as well. That boundaries are not necessarily meant to say, you can never do this unless they're God's. God's boundaries are very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And another boundary is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. See, Jesus ran into this with people of his time and it, and it revolved, maybe you've heard the story, maybe not, but it, it revolved around the Sabbath day. And, and the Sabbath, one of God's 10 commandments, you know, remember the Sabbath day, the day of rest by keeping it holy. And that is one of God's boundaries, one of God's 10 commandments that he says, do not cross. When you cross that, that's a trespass, right? That's a sin. And so that's something, part of God's will that, that we keep. But there were people of that day who also drew other boundaries for the Sabbath day. And these, these, these boundaries weren't in and of themselves wrong or, or sinful. But what they said is, we are inside of God's bounds of the Sabbath day, and we're going to have some other rules and, and the, the, or, or boundaries, if you want to call them that. 
The boundaries are going to be like how far we're going to walk. The boundaries are going to be how much work we are going to, to kind of draw a line and say, this is as much as you can do and not do. The problem was, is when Jesus came, he was trying to help them see that, that they had restricted these boundaries so much that they were losing sight of God's boundaries. And what, they, what he did is he challenged them. He challenged them by jumping the view fence. And, and what he did was there was someone who had a shriveled hand who, who couldn't use it, and it was the Sabbath day, and they were watching to see if Jesus on the Sabbath day would heal someone because that violated their boundaries. Jesus knew they had gotten legalistic with their boundaries. They loved their boundaries more than they loved God's boundaries. And to show them this, to open their eyes, to, to show them this is someone who's hurting, this is someone who needs help, and if your boundaries violate that, then, then that's your issue, not mine. And as a matter of fact, it does a disservice also to God. So we jumped that fence that he healed that man in an effort to show them, not that they shouldn't have boundaries, but that our boundaries are, are, are meant to be drawn according to God's word. I, I want you thinking about this with the boundaries, because one of the big messages today that we're going to be talking about are our boundaries are not just laws. They're not just rules. They're not just restrictive. But God's boundaries that he wants us to have also come from his love and his grace and his mercy. And we want to enjoy them that way as well. So we begin, and we're going to look at Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. I'm going to read it first all the way through, and then we'll look at it. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And this is the word of the Lord. Paul had been writing to these people who lived in Rome. This is the book of Romans. So to the church at Rome, he had written them so many different things about the forgiveness of sins that they had in Jesus Christ and their relationship to God and, and, and grace and mercy and then their relationship to the law and how the law is used to show us our sin and then meant to direct us to Jesus where there is forgiveness. And now as he had gone through all of these things and, and all of these things that are part of a life of a Christian, it now came in chapter 12, and this is how we live this, and this is how we do it together, okay? And, and, and there's going to be a need for boundaries because on the one hand, we're all one, but on the other hand, we remain distinct. And, and so there, there are times when this is going to be a little bit confusing and maybe even sometimes when we need to draw the line. 
So when we are going to do that, we, we want to look at a verse that, that captures uh, the essence of what Paul is saying here, and I got it from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Grace. We need, we need to just take some time here and just chew on grace for a little bit. You need to do this every day. But, but especially when we're having this, this, this lesson, we need to talk about grace because that's what it's about. When you think of grace, hopefully you think of amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind, but now I see. Remember that verse when you think of grace because it shows you one part of grace and the best part of grace. And that is that God comes to you with undeserved love. He sees you in the predicament and the problem and the the grasp of sin and death And Jesus comes to us in that need and and in our pain. That that when we can do nothing for ourselves, he shows us a love that we do not deserve. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And then as you think about that verse, and, and it uses the scriptural truths that I was lost, but he found me. I was blind, but now he has given me sight. And this is a very spiritual gift that he has given to us. The gift of forgiveness, the, the gift of God's love. And that is grace. And so, through grace, through undeserved love, I am what I am. What are you? Who am I? When, when he says this, I am what I am, how would he answer that question? And it's important because you need to answer that question, I am what I am, through the grace of God the same way. I am a child of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Each person here, when you think about what I am, how you would answer that, what I am is a gift of God's grace. Every single person here can answer that question the same way. And so, what, what I want you to imagine, this is the image of grace that I would like you to have. And that is, I want you to think about going to the Grand Canyon and, and maybe you've seen pictures of it. And if you haven't seen it in person, please get on a bus, get in a car, do what you have to do, and drive up there. Today. That's your field trip. That's your crosswalk field trip. To go to the Grand Canyon, get out and look at it, and be absolutely amazed. And, and, and just, you walk around it, and you, it, it just, it takes your breath away how beautiful it is. God's grace is like that, it's, it's amazing, it's awesome. When you think of, of the depth of it and, and the breadth of it, it, it's just all that God has done to take your sins away. But it's like the Grand Canyon in another way as well. 
Because when you go to the Grand Canyon, that, that all of you are looking at the canyon, but each one of us looks at it from a little bit different perspective, right? And so we all get a little bit different view based on where we are at at that moment. And so it is with the grace of God, the beauty of it, and, and the grace of God really doesn't change, but as we have a different perspective in our lives based on what happens to us, we get to see different parts of it. And then it gets really exciting if you are someone who, have, who has hiked the canyon. And, and if you've done that, you understand the canyon in a different way, that you, you go through it and you understand that at different times of the day, based on the lighting of the sun, it looks completely different. You also understand that as you walk down through the path and sometimes go off on side paths, that you see a beauty that if you're like me, you wonder how many people have even seen this? How many people would stop to take a moment to look at this view and appreciate the canyon in a, in a way that most people would never know? You see, God's grace is that way. God's grace, as we look at the forgiveness we have in Jesus Christ, we know that Jesus came and forgave the sins of all people, that he went to the cross and took away our sins. That's true. That's like looking at the, the Grand Canyon. But as you explore grace, you understand that there is a beauty, a beauty of that forgiveness and that grace in your life, that you begin to get a view of God and his grace that is as unique as you are on your journey that leads to heaven. And there's more to grace. Because there's a spiritual component to grace, but there's an, another part too. And it, there's a prayer that I just remember that, that I've learned, and it, it goes kind of like this. It says, Dear Lord, each day is a gift of your grace. Your mercies are new every morning. It's a prayer that goes through my head almost on a daily basis. And, and the reason why, because that, a narrow sense of grace is Jesus on the cross taking away my sins, but a broader definition of grace is all of those little views that God gives us in our lives that warm our heart. And so this morning as I'm driving and, and I see the sunrise, I know other people can see it, but it really feels like God's doing it just for me. That when I watch the sunsets, and those are my two favorite times of day in Phoenix, is to sit and just take a minute to watch that. And it's a grace because it fills me up. There are other graces that, that God gives as well. When I think about friendships and, and people who care and, and people that I work with and, and all of those relationships, when I think about the, the, the times I've had with my children and my wife, each of those are a gift of God's grace. Not in the sense that they take my sin away, but that, they, that, that I'm able to have something, a little respite on the journey that leads to heaven that warms my heart. And my encouragement for you today, before we talk about boundaries, is enjoy that relationship with Jesus where you understand the forgiveness of sins you have, but open your eyes to the grace in a, in a broader sense and the mercies that are new every morning where Jesus gives you things on a daily basis that you don't deserve. That, that, that it's 
icing on the cake. It's over and above as if Jesus wasn't enough that he gives you these things as well. And the final thing then is now having that relationship with him, he lets you be part of the ministry. That he gives you gifts so that you can thank him for who he is by doing what he has made you to do. It might be the highest form of praise for God to take the gifts that he has given you in his grace and then turn around and use them to his glory. That is what this is talking about. That is what it means when it says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In the blank, you can write, all that I am, all that I have, and all that I do are gifts of God's amazing grace. Can you read that with me, please? Because this, if you, if you, don't, if you leave here with no boundaries, but knowing this, it's a good day. Read it with me. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do are gifts of God's amazing grace. Oh, what a great place to start but we probably should get to some boundaries. All right. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of of you. Okay, so now as we look at this, and we're going to have boundaries, and this is getting into that part of it, is that we need to understand before we set the boundaries, we need to have a, a, a view of God but we also need to be able to have an honest view of ourselves as well. In the blank, you can write, tools for proper boundary drawing include grace, humility, sober judgment, and faith. Okay, so tools for proper boundary drawing include, you have them there, grace, humility, sober judgment, and faith. Hopefully, in what I've just gone through, I've covered grace. So when you're starting to draw a boundary and you're looking at life and and there's going to be some separation, understand that, that I need to start with God's grace, remembering everything that he's done for me and everything that I do for him. Next is humility. And what I want you to do for humility, I know you turned the page, turn it back. I didn't tell you to turn the page. <laughs> I need you to draw a line from humility to all that I have, or all that I am, all that I have, and all I do are a gift of God's amazing grace. Just so when we talk about humility, I love that definition. And the reason why that's a definite of hum- humility is it's not saying that who I am is, is not incredible because who I am is incredible. I'm a child of God bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, and so are you. And I'm just saying, pretty impressive. What you have is forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and all kinds of other graces that he's given you as well. And all of the things you do and some of the things you do are incredible. You can be humble understanding that completely as long as you understand that they're a gift of God's grace meant to give him glory and not me glory. That is humility. 
It is the humility to say, thank you, Lord, for this greatness because it shows how great you are, not how great I am. Then we look at sober judgment. Okay, I don't want to make light of this, but, but he says sober judgment and not drunk judgment, okay? And I want you to think about drunk judgment for a moment, okay? That when people are intoxicated, they make some bad decisions, okay? Uh, one of the bad decisions, again, I don't want to make light of this, so, and I'm, I mean this seriously, that people make a decision to drink and then drive. Bad choice. Bad choice. And, and who doesn't know that when they're sober, right? When you're sober, you understand that completely. But when you're intoxicated, your, your judgment process is, is messed up and you say, give me the keys. I'm good at driving uh, when, when I've been drinking. It's like, no, you're not. Anyone who's sober, like a police officer who's following you, would be able to tell you that. And you know what? They're going to. And then they're going to arrest you. So, so when you think of, of this sober judgment, it, it means so that, you, that when you're not intoxicated. But here's the thing. My question to you is, what do you get drunk on? Because it might be alcohol and it, it might be, be uh, some type of narcotics or something like that, but usually when people are making bad judgment, it's not from that. An I'll give you an example. See, we have, an, we have like a little code at our home that, that tells someone in the house that they're not using sober judgment. And excuse the expression, but we say, are you on drugs? Really? Are they, are they giving drugs away at school or something? Because you must be if you think that's true. <laughs> Example, best team in the NFL, Chicago Bears. <laughs> Pastor, are you on drugs? What, what's the deal, dude? You must be if you actually think that. But the reason why I think that is I'm drunk. I am drunk on how I care emotionally from how I grew up around the city of Chicago, my dad from Chicago. It's, I get it. It's a sickness and I'm not sober, okay? I understand that. And so I want you to think about other times when you make very bad decisions. And I, and I wrote a number of these things down on, on what might confuse your judgment. One of them is emotion. A big one is emotion. But also power. You can be drunk with power, drunk with anger, drunk with pride, drunk with alcohol and drugs, all of those different things. And what happens is you start making judgments that aren't accurate because the way you're thinking is not sober. So before you draw a boundary, make sure that you're understanding God's grace, that you're humble, but also that you're thinking straight. And usually a best way to do that is to get someone else's input and say, am I thinking straight or not? And then finally, the other one is faith. And, and what I have for faith is that not trusting in my ability, but trusting in God's ability to do what he promised. I'm going to read that again. Faith, not trusting in my ability, but trusting in God's ability to do what he promised. Now that having been said, for how we draw the boundary lines, we can address now some myths. Myth number one, people who draw boundaries think that they are better than everyone else. The reason why that boundary myth is, is out there is because it's somewhat true. 
There are times when people draw boundaries because they think they're better than other people. An example of that is when we use the expression, I live on the other side of the tracks. Well, the tracks back in, you know, in the day was the dividing line between people who thought they were better and, and, and other people. At one time, from what I'm told, that was also the situation with Levine and South Phoenix, that you would go over the river and that was the other side of the tracks. Or it still is, did someone just say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we live on the other side of the tracks. Uh, but anyways, as you draw boundaries, understand this. It, you're not saying I'm better than you. You're simply saying there needs to be a separation. And when you do this in humility under God's grace, it will become evident very clearly and, and very quickly. Let's go to the next one. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is a very difficult and touchy boundary inside the church. And the reason why is, is because we all have this unity in Christ, but we all have a uniqueness and a distinctness as well. In the, in, in the blank you can write, in the church, we will always have a tension. A tension between being unique and being one. A tension between being unique and being one. Both of those remain true. And so what happens is we walk a little bit of a tightrope and saying which one, at what moment, what am I being now, one or unique? And so the boundary myth is this. Drawing boundaries means I don't care if I hurt others or if my boundary, I perceive it that it hurts others. The two boundaries that I put here that, that I think most affect the church, if you want to write next to it, is time and money. That when it comes to the church, that, that usually where there's a rub and people start to, to get upset maybe or something like that is when the church starts talking about my time and my money as if it's theirs. Okay, so, 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 so Pastor Dan is talking about time and money and it seems like he thinks he's the boss of me. Well, you know what, Pastor Dan, you, you're not the boss of me. And I'll, I will do what I want. Very good, that's boundaries. That's drawing boundaries. I'm proud of you if you're saying that as long as you're doing it with grace and humility and sober judgment and faith. All right, so as we look at that, and, and the other word that I would write next to that is a way to really help with this as you draw the line, I would write the word budget. The encouragement and the way that you draw a boundary in the area of time and, and money is to budget it. I'm going to budget my time. How much time am I going to spend doing this? And, and how much time am I going to spend doing that? And it's going to change. Uh, this week, uh, my wife had a, a procedure, surgical procedure today, or, or excuse me, this week, and the way I budgeted my time changed. I, I took off work. I was there with her for a couple days just to make sure she was okay, which she is. And, but it was different. That the budgeting this week is different than it's going to be next week and the week that it was before. So, so as you look at that, I need to budget that time. 
Money is the same way. As you look at that, I'm going to budget the money, showing thanks to God for what he's done for me. Also, uh, understanding that I need to feed the family and I have other financial obligations as well. But the encouragement is to budget it under grace, with humility, sober judgment, and faith. We continue. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Notice again at the top, according to the grace, according to grace, we're going to draw boundaries, and according to faith that God has given us. In the blank, you can write. God gives us the grace, faith, and ability to serve in a meaningful way in his kingdom. God is giving me grace, faith, and ability. And I'm just going to fill the rest of these out right away, and then we'll talk about them. So the boundary myth number three, I have to say yes if someone asks me to serve at church. I would go back to that whole thing where they, they feel like they own me or, or they dictate to me what I have to do and what I, I don't have to do. That's not the case, not the case at all. And hopefully, if you are someone who's interested in service, and you can go back to that hub, the resource center there, and people will talk to you, that if you get that feeling, please talk to me. Because that is not, they are meant to be there to listen to you, to help you make decisions based on grace and humility and sober judgment and faith. The next one then is also important. Others have to say yes if I ask them to help me. Now the shoe's on the other foot. Now you're in a position of leadership and you, oh, you would be so great at this. Why don't you come help me? Sorry, I, I can't at this moment. What is wrong with you? You know, don't you love Jesus? Don't you, don't you love me? How come you're not doing what I want you to do? Don't you understand that I have drawn boundaries for you? And I want you to, yeah, live inside my walls and it doesn't work that way. Those that we kind of joke about, but both of those are very, 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 very true. And that you have to get used to other people living under grace, in humility, sober judgment, and faith, making decisions that give glory to God. And by the way, they're answerable to him, not you. And then finally, the myth. Drawing boundaries is going to cause me a great deal of guilt. You know why that is, is such a myth? Because when you draw boundaries with grace and humility, sober judgment and faith, you're not going to experience guilt. Maybe for the first time in a way that you don't completely understand, you're going to understand grace. That you are going to be able to take a look at, 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 at what Christ has done for you, what Christ has done in you, as you look around at your life, what Christ has done for you, and now, not based on guilt, but based on grace, that I can look at the gifts that he has given me and do what I was meant to do. To, to be able to look at those gifts and say, Jesus, I want to serve you in this way 
understanding the gifts that you have given me and, and understanding your great love for me, this is where I'm going to go. And you know what? You can continue, continue as you have these boundaries, as you draw these boundaries, to refine them, to understand when, it, when it's time to hop a fence or, or when it's time to, to draw a new boundary as long as it's inside of God's. This is about grace. And the biggest myth is probably the last one, are that boundaries are law and guilt-motivated guilt instead of gospel and grace-motivated. Your assignment for the next week is either go to the Grand Canyon, <laughs> which isn't the worst one, or, and, no, this is an and, Take a moment to look at the grace of God in your life one more time. Start by looking at the pages of his word and understanding the narrow sense of grace, what he has done for you through Jesus Christ. See, see what he has done inside of you with, the, with the, this gift of faith and live for him and serve him and love it as you do it. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, each day is a gift of your grace and your mercies are new every morning. And so help us, Lord, as, as we look at this to uh, look at your grace like we would look at the Grand Canyon. That on the one hand to be awed by how massive it is, but then to, to make it our life's ambition to explore it. That, that each one of us, you know, they, they have the t-shirts, I hike the canyon, that we could have these that said, I hike God's grace. That, that I continue to, to go from rim to rim, to go down inside of it and, and to just grow an appreciation of it every day. And then, Lord, as we do that, help us to look at the gifts you've given us in your grace and to use them to serve you and others. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So, before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Today we talked a lot about God's grace and, and how big it is and how much he's given to us. But don't, don't forget to leave here understanding grace and also faith. And, and faith is that, that belief and trust that God is able to accomplish what he has promised. And, and, that's, and, and that's what it, it's all about too, is that God makes these promises and keeps them. And sometimes he keeps them through the work that you do. That, that in that way, sometimes you are the answers to others' prayers as, as you look at the gifts that God has given you in his grace and as you serve others. So go and do that. Draw some boundaries, some boundaries inside of God's word, boundaries that give glory to God and help to others. And now go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.